is Tansley Stearns? Tansley Stearns is your greatest challenger and biggest cheerleader. Inspirational human being who loves people. Future forward leadership. Tansley Stearns is a badass. Tansley Stearns is my mom, my hero, and I love her very much. I am Tansley Stearns, and this is Despite Impossible. I am a longtime credit union executive leading Community Financial as president and CEO. I have always admired and been inspired by people whose passion is boundless and who don't comprehend the word impossible. This show focuses on their stories. Today's guest is Clint Smiley, a second-generation lifelong educator, raising a third generation of educators and a through-and-through Michigander. He is also West Middle School's retiring principal and my daughter Mackenzie's first principal in the great state of Michigan. This is Clint's story. Who is Clint Smiley? Well, first of all, thank you for having me here. Mm -hmm. And uh, Clint Smiley is a lifelong educator who was born to two lifelong educators. My parents both taught in the Dearborn Public Schools for 30 plus years. Um, I'm married to an educator. And my son is student teaching from Grand Valley next uh, next fall. So, uh, like, and then my sister, my sister in law. We sit, when we sit around at Thanksgiving, there's a lot of educators around the table. So, <laughs> who, who is Clint Smiley? A, a lifelong educator, also a lifelong um, Michigan resident, and the last thirty six years in Plymouth. So, uh, and then also a lifelong educator as a teacher, coach, assistant principal, and principal in the Plymouth Canton Community Schools for the last thirty four years. Amazing. Finish this sentence for me. The world will be a better place when? Uh, the world will be a better place when people can treat each other with kindness. And if you want me to expound on that, I, I will a little bit. I was, you know, you're always, I'm always thinking, because I work with middle school kids, 11 to 14, and you see some really kind middle school kids, and you see some really kind middle school parents, and you see some people that are that bring some anger to the table. And so I'm, I'm always hopeful and thinking down the road, like, man, what would bring people together? And, you know, as a, as a former history teacher, one of the things that always brings people together in a country is crisis and particularly war. Mm -hmm. Like everybody gets together and is on the same team. Um, and so it was interesting for me because people were, were, uh, it was, it was contentious before COVID and then when COVID hit, I'm like, wow, people are people were being kind to each other. People were buying meals. People were tipping. People were just doing a lot of kind things. And I was like, wow, it's you know, COVID's no no fun. But maybe this is the thing that will bring us together. And oddly, it took a turn and took us in a completely different direction, where people were angrier and and less kind in the midst of COVID. And so. That's, uh, you know, like I, I would I would I would hope to get to a spot where and I work every day to work with kids and adults to get them to a spot where they can bring kindness to the table. Bring kindness to the table. Has someone ever gifted kindness to you and all you wanted to do was pay it forward? That's because kindness is a chain reaction. One small act can cause a ripple effect impacting an entire community. What will you do today to spark kindness around you intentionally? When you're at your happiest, most joyful times, you listen to? Um, Kenny Chesney or reggae music? Like, oh. it's, I guess they would call it, uh, I think I, I don't like the name, but trap rock, which ah, is like tropical rock. Like, yeah. like music you'd listen to on the beach is what makes me the happiest. That's great. Do you have an album you'll listen to from first song to last? 
So I have two of them. Uh, the first one is Kenny Chesney, Be As You Are, which is a whole bunch of songs that just make you think about like going to the beach or being on a boat. And the other one is from uh, way back in my in my musical history, Born to Run by by Bruce Springsteen. So yes. if I was if I was ever stranded on a desert island, I always talk about those. Those are two of the albums that I would take with me. And then I, I'll also add as a side note, it's sort of unfortunate. Like I deal with a lot of kids, and and kids love music, but. Kids today, and it's probably even kids in their 20s, like my kids are in their 20s, nobody listens to an album cover to cover because right. that's not how music is no. packaged anymore, right? right? It's yeah. you buy the, the song on iTunes or you go to Spotify and get that one song. Yeah. And I, I love the idea. Somebody I read somewhere about Born to Run is the story of a summer day. And it starts with Thunder Road and it ends with Jungle Land. And it's, it's from like six in the morning to midnight on a summer day. And I always, when I listen to that, I like I'm driving up north. I listen to that, and I picture that in my head. And it's I, I love that album. That's amazing. How about a time that you danced recently so much that your feet were sore? Uh, a good friend, uh, the Savalox family, uh, their son Gunner got married, and at that wedding, it was a whole bunch of friends that we've been friends with and family members with for. 30 plus years. And so that was a, that was a good wedding that, uh, that my feet were sore the next day. <laughs> when you feel down, you heal by. Um, going to my cottage on Lake Huron and, and specifically going to my cottage and doing some sort of physical work. Like the job I have is, is very, it's, it's a little physical. Like I'm walking around a middle school building and interacting with people, but it's also, I'm doing a lot of thinking and a lot of planning. And it's nice when you can go and do something as simple as cutting the lawn and edging the lawn and trimming the bushes and then sitting back and looking at it. And it's a finished product. Like a lot of the stuff I do is I'm thinking about the ACT test, for example, but it's, it happens in April and I'm thinking about it in December. And so it's a long time for it to happen when you can do something like, and, or another good example would be washing a car, Yeah. right? It's a dirty car and a half hour later, it looks fantastic. And it always runs better when it's cleaned. <laughs> <laughs> Who's someone you look up to? Um, well, I, I have a couple, I like, I, I mean, I, I look up to my wife. I think she, she's a long time, uh, 30 plus year chemistry teacher at, at Salem high school. And I look up to her as a parent, um, I look up to her as a partner um, and, and just as a really good person. She's a good person. Um, and then if I was thinking about it professionally, there, a person that had a, an impact on me was a former superintendent in the Plymouth Canton schools named Jim Ryan. And Jim Ryan always brought, he was kind of like everybody's grandpa. And he wrote like a, uh, a, a, a blog, not a blog, but like an email to the staff. And he would always talk about his life. And uh, he just made things really personal, personable and personal. Um, and always had really good advice about managing situations at, in, in a school setting and keeping kids as the focus and being positive, right? And he, he brought with him, like he coached and he was a teacher and then he was a principal and then he was a superintendent. And so he just, he always had a lot of really good stories to tell that seemingly always ended on a positive note. Um, and some were funny and some were bad situations, but he would bring positivity to that, so... He's a person I always looked up to professionally. Tell us about your impossible. So, well, I mentioned it a little bit before, but it's it's a spot where people are kind to one another, um, and it's also you know I mean I I, uh, I I think about a place where schools are funded the way they need to be funded, and we can have the things that we need to have. 
right? And you know what? Right now we are in a a really good spot. Like I've seen a lot in 34 years in the Plymouth Canton schools, times when we've had to cut and and lay people off, and we're not doing that. So that's good. Um, you know, but we still have classes of 30, and it would be nice to have a class to see classes of 20. Um, you know, and I, I, I'm, I'm a realist though, too, like that, yeah. you said impossible. So yes. I'm thinking yeah, if I, yes. that's impossible. That's I mean. um, but yeah. if we had that kind of funding, that would be, that would, you know, and sports, all kinds of different offerings for all the sports that kids want. And then the ability to have them all play the ability to take field trips to Washington DC or to Lansing or to wherever Howell nature center and have all of that paid for by the schools. So that, that would be, that's, that's kind of the impossible that's on my mind right now. What are some of the challenges you face that seemed insurmountable? Um, getting getting kids prepared to go to high school, mm-hmm. and it's it's very it's very concrete because you see these kids come in, and I like an elementary has a kids kids for six or seven years, uh, high school has them for four, in middle school we only have them for three, and so they come in. And you see some of those sixth graders and you're like, yikes, like I got three (laughs) years and I need to get them ready for high school. And then, man, it is, it is amazing. And the, the very, just this week we had um, a band concert and it's, I always talk to the crowd at the band concert about the idea of it's, it's a band concert is an awesome experience because you've got sixth graders, seventh graders, and eighth graders, sixth graders literally pick those instruments up at the beginning of sixth grade in September. And they don't even know which end of the instrument to blow in. And then you watch a band teacher take them. And by the end of the year, they're performing as a band really well. And then in seventh grade, they take the next step. And by the time the end of eighth grade happens, like May of eighth grade, we just had this concert, the eighth graders, they sound phenomenal. And so it's a, it's a really concrete example of taking these sixth graders and getting them to a spot where, where we're sending them out the door and we're shaking their hand and we're giving them their certificate saying, like, man, you, you are set up for success at the next level. Was there a point during your journey that you felt like giving up? Um, there are times I've been tired, but no, never giving up. I mean, and I, again, I've had, you know, that role model in Jim Ryan. I've had my wife, you know, coaching me up at, from, at the dinner table. And then my, my parents were both teachers. And so I heard stories from when I was in elementary school about, you know, the, the struggles that you have. And I, I mean, my, my career has been great. My, 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 uh, the work I have done, it's certainly tiring. It's long days. It's stressful. It's, um, um, you're conflicted sometimes, mm-hmm. but it is, it's at the end of the day, I go home and I'm tired and I'm like, but man, did I, I did good work today and I did good work for parents and I did good work with kids and for kids and I did good work with teachers and that I, 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 I sleep well because of that. Um, and so, yeah, there are times when I'm more tired than others, but Every morning the sun rises. <laughs> Would you tell us a story about a time when something went bananas that you can look back on and laugh? Uh, yeah. So I, there was a concert. This was a long time ago. This was a, uh, when Discovery Middle School first opened. I was the assistant principal, and we were going to have one of our first dances was going to be um, the Halloween dance at this brand-new middle school. So we have all these kids that we haven't been with you know, like normally you have an eighth grade group of kids that you've been with and they kind of know the, the traditions, what doors you come in and stuff. So we had all kinds of planning to do to get this dance set up right. 
And at the dance, a parent showed up and had, it was right at the, this is around 2000. So they had glow necklaces and it was like, you know, it's a dark gym and all the kids are in their costumes and their glow necklaces. And so we hand out the glow necklaces and we're like, this is This is going to be awesome. It's going to be super cool. So the kids have the glow necklaces on and about the dance ends at nine 30, about nine o'clock, a kid takes one of the glow necklaces and pulls it apart. And then for some crazy reason, again, I work with middle school kids, bites the glow necklace and they re all the kids realize that whatever the phosphorus or whatever is making it glow, when you put it in your mouth, it's glows in it. And so they all thought that was super great. And they <clears throat> proceeded to take these necklaces off, bite them. And they, all these kids had like the stuff was on their arms and it was in their hair and it was in their mouth. And, a parent is supervising and this parent was like a doctor and was like, that's dangerous. Like we, we ended up having to keep the kids at the dance, call poison control oh, and no. have poison control come and like make sure that everything was okay. And so at the time, like we were at school till probably midnight with all these kids. The dance was supposed to end. It's a Friday night. Dance was supposed to end and everybody have a good time. And we ended up with poison control, filling out reports and all kinds of crazy stuff. And at the time, it was not very funny. Right. I look back at it now and I'm like, <laughs> boy, does that epitomize a middle school dance? Like, right. And it, all of it seemed right. Like we did all the planning. We had the, the DJ and we had the food and we had the costumes, the costume contest. It was all great. The parents showed up and was going to add something to it with these necklaces it was all great, and man, it just went sideways. <laughs> so <laughs> I can laugh about it now, but <laughs> it was a it was a it was a night. It was a night. I can proudly say that during my 25 year career, I've never had to call poison control to visit any of my teams. Knock on wood. I can relate to dealing with situations I didn't anticipate. What we can learn from Clint's story is his ability to accept what is happening, assess the risk tackle the root cause swiftly and improvise. People dealing with impossibilities thrive under uncertainty. After all, impossibilities imply doing something away from the conventional path. Building this skill is a lifelong journey. Achieving your impossible is one thing, but there are no fairy tales with happy endings. We achieve milestones. We keep going. What challenges is your impossible still facing? Certainly funding. Uh-huh. And then and then it's also <clears throat> now it's almost an issue of trying to get people on the same page. Mm -hmm. And it's it's interesting because you would think like, okay, um, there's a pretty there's a like I'm an English and a social studies teacher, right? Before I became an administrator. And it's a pretty it's a, a pretty clear um, direction if you're thinking about like, okay, what books are we gonna read in seventh grade? But you know what? Mm -hmm. Not anymore. Mm -hmm. There's oh no, that book won't work, that book won't work. And so so getting people on the same page is a challenge in that impossible. And then the other thing I used to teach was was uh, geography and American history. And you'd think like, okay, there's certain things, like how controversial could that be? It's it's American history. But man, is it controversial. So it's it, it, now it's like we can teach this. We can't talk about this. Mm -hmm. uh, we can talk about this. But if we talk about it, we have to say this or we have to do it this way. It's like, you know, literally before in my career, the the, the most controversial topic was health mm -hmm. because you always had to talk about, you know, sure. reproduction and yes. stuff like that. And that's, that, I, that's controversial, but now stuff that was seemingly, uh, not even a debate is now a massive nationwide debate about what books are going to, are we going to ban? What, what topics can we talk about in American history? Yeah. So. I'm going to ask you a question that I don't normally ask as a middle school parent. My daughter goes to your school. Yep. 
What advice would you have for middle school parents about how we can best walk with our kiddos? Um, listen and assume good things. Mm. And I say assume good things from your from your children, mm-hmm. from your kids, right? Yeah. Because that 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 and and listen to them, and then also assume good things from from school, uh. right? Like the intention of people, yeah. and, and sometimes things go sideways, right? Sure. Um, but the intention of people, like when I wake up in the morning, I do not wake up and think I'm going to try and do something. And I try and think about other people. Like when a parent comes to me and they're upset about something, mm-hmm. I think like this parent is not, they didn't wake up thinking they wanted to come to school and yell at Clint Smiley, right? Sure. They came, they woke up and they're trying to do what's right for their child or their family. And, and so I try and come at meetings that way. And I would, that's the advice I would give to parents is come at parenting that way. Um, and then also have fun. Middle school kids are, I mean, I, I've, my, one of my life mottos is collect good stories and man, have I collected some really (laughs) good stories. Like, and, and, you know, some are good for the airwaves like the, and some are not, but it's, uh, you just, you have to have a sense of humor. You really do. And as a parent of a middle school student, they're going to do, they're going to do dumb things. Um, and, and, and that's part of the, you know, the brain's not fully developed. Mm -hmm. So doing dumb things is like par for the course. So. What's your next impossible, my friend? Uh, well, I'm retiring in uh, in three weeks, and so my next impossible is um, hoping that the next 20 or 30 years go as well as the last 35 um, in the Plymouth-Canton Community Schools have gone. This concludes today's episode. For exclusive content, visit us at despiteimpossible.com and subscribe to this podcast.